Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from the Moonlands, I'll be your final dreamer, Dave Crumbler. Joining me as always, his name is Gaelic for Energy, my co-host, Bob How's it going, buddy? Uh, David, David, David. I'm doing well, buddy. How about yourself? I'm doing good. You know what? I want to talk to you about something. Um, we've been doing Pocket Monster March Madness Month for a few weeks here now. That's right. We've had some great guests, right? We've had Melanie yes. Harker. We've had Angie Perko. We've had Melanie Harker again. But <laughs> the thing is that you always get to have the guests, and I never get to have one. And I feel like yeah. that's not super cool. So, well, I feel like we're changing that a little bit tonight, which is a joy. Well, we're going to, but I don't have them here with me. So I figured what I'd do is just try to summon one and see who shows up. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, try go ahead. All right, I got to yeah, do... Yeah, please. Just, this might sound a little weird. I've got this little like incantation thing that I have to do, but hopefully it works out. So let's, let's just see how this goes. Okay. All right, ready? And please, ready. please don't interrupt me as I'm doing it, or it won't work, as we've seen. Oh, I... I'm, I well, I mean, now I'm going to try to interrupt yeah, you. Yeah, now you're going to try to. I'm just going to plow through <laughs> you anyway. Can't, you can't say that. <clears throat> All right, so here we go. I'm going to summon a guest. Get warmed up. With this animate, I imagine Evan Valentine. Oh, hey, guys. Holy hey. shit, it worked. <laughs> oh, shit. Creepy. Oh, I yeah. just popped out of a ring. How, did, how the fuck? How, how did I fit into there? I don't know, but thank you for, thank you for joining us. Oh, God, yeah. I have two episodes of terrible, terrible shows in my brain now. I'm what? Glad- I'm glad you watched the same things we did on this spontaneous summoning. Oh, God. Oh, I don't even know how it worked. <laughs> Fucking magic? This is some bullshit. I, I imagined you into existence. Oh, God. Isn't oh, that, cool? that It's almost like we're living in a imagination. Oh, I see. Oh. Uh, That's why we have Evan on the show. Uh, <laughs> now, alternately... So if, angry. If we're not happy with Evan, I could just spin like a weird stone disc and see if we get something else. Uh, no. no, I'm here now. No, uh, I want to. I want to go with Evan. I want to. I want to stick with Evan. Yeah, I think that's good. Uh, you can just summon someone else another time with a <laughs> shitty disc. Evan doesn't want to be here. We're gonna keep him oh, anyway. God. So for those, everything burns. <laughs> for those in the know, for this round of Pocket Monster March Madness Month, we're gonna be talking Monster Rancher and Magi Nation, <laughs> two of the worst things that exist. The funny thing is, so at this point in the show, you'd think we'd be getting closer and closer to, like, similar ratings, right? So you'd think that you'd have, maybe it wouldn't be the best of the best, but also shouldn't be the worst of the worst. Because the way that we kind of seeded these, we should be kind of like, this stuff is passable. It's stuff that people enjoyed, it's stuff that had some longevity. Monster Rancher had a 7.3 rating on IMDb. Magi Are you Nation, fucking for real? Magi Nation had a 6.6. Now, yeah. maybe it's not fucking for the, nerds. <laughs> maybe it's not for the first episode. That they got these ratings. This Monster Rancher, which we'll, we'll talk about, had quite a few episodes. Imagination ba- did not. Yeah. And, and, and based on these ratings, I want to say that I hope that people watched the entire series and really enjoyed all of the nuances and, and subtleties. You are both shaking your head right now. Yeah. now. This is amazing. Just in disbelief. Like, I, I, remember, oh I remember this show, and I remember I sent you guys some of the other characters that were like, like this is the only character that made this show watchable. I was like, what, 12 at the time? The hot chick with wings. Yeah, the hot chick with like a mid- bare midriff and wings. I was like, yeah, I'll watch this cartoon. Uh, <laughs> but the, right out of the gates, it's not good. Does, does Dave, what are you doing in there? Watching Monster Rancher. Don't open the door. That's true. It was like, it's probably, probably a little rough. I watched it in the back. But anyway, in case, 
you guys out there have no clue what we're actually talking about, Sean and I are going to walk us through the history and synopsis of this show. I'm going to start things off with Monster Rancher, if everybody's cool with that. So, Monster Rancher, known in Japan as Monster Farm, or Monsuku Famu, is a 73-episode anime series based on Tecmo's uh. Monster Rancher video game franchise. It originally aired on Japanese television from 1999 to 2001, and in Japan, the program existed as two separate series, The Secret of the Stone Disc, or Enbanseki no Kimitsu, and The Legendary Path, Densetsu Ino Michi. Uh, an English-language version by Bobot Entertainment aired in North America on Fox Kids and YTV. And Sean, you got Magi Nation's background for us? Yes, so Magi Nation is a Canadian-Korean animated television series based on the card game Magi Nation Duel. The series was co-produced by Day One Media and Cookie Jar Entertainment in association with the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. The series premiered in Canada and in the U.S. in 2007. The show was canceled due to low ratings in the second oh, no. season. <gasps> Because of that, 12 remaining episodes have not been shown on TV. Fingers crossed that those get released right to Blu-ray. The lost episodes of Magi Nation. Jeez. All right, let's talk about what these shows are actually about, because they don't let you know that in the first episode. So we'll let you know that right now. So Monster Rancher. The story follows a boy named Genki Sakura, who's a key player of the Monster Rancher video games. After winning a tournament hosted by the game's creators, Genki wins a special CD... CD, mind you, that should place this one in time, <laughs> that he can use to unlock a special monster in his game at home. However, upon using this disc in his game console, he finds himself transported to a world of monsters that, much like Genki's game, are given life by scanning special stone discs within temples. There he meets a girl named Holly who is seeking a stone disc, yeah she is, yeah. Oh, God. containing a legendary Ayo. phoenix that will save the land from the tyranny of an evil ruler named Moo. Named Good Moo. old Moo. Right. Good old Moo. Oh, Good guy. old evil Moo. Moo so the let's, Phoenix. let's get into Magi Nation. Yeah. Magi Nation is a 3,000 years ago in the Moonlands, the evil shadow Magi Agram was sealed inside the planet's core by the core glyphs and the dream stones which provide its power. If we lost you already, I apologize. Sean's falling apart We're... like he's like he opened the Ark of the Covenant right now, like <laughs> his skin's falling off. <laughs> Now he plans to escape by using the shadow geysers to weaken his prison in order to bring the moonlands under his control, and only a magi known as the Final Dreamer can stop him. A young boy from Earth, Tommy Jones, is summoned to the moonlands as he is believed to be the Final Dreamer. He joins forces with the apprentice magi, Eden, and the shadow stalker, Strag, on a mission to gather the dreamstones before Agram is set free. Using the Book of Elders, the three travel through the Moonlands while combating the forces of Agram and gaining an ever-growing collection of dream creatures from the Moonlands that they visit. So Evan, Evan asked us a question earlier, like, how the hell did we come across these things? So these shows, regardless of how terrible or good they are, uh, they're terrible. So regardless of that, they basically meet a few different criteria, right? So we've got a protagonist. They're on some kind of quest. Uh, to complete that quest, I have to capture, train, and battle monster creatures in, in some various ways throughout the way. That, that's pretty much it. That was our only criteria. And these shows, at least on that basic level... <laughs> Guys, we don't write a lot of criteria. No, it's not a lot. It's really, Keeping it flexible. It's not super structured. Uh, so that, based on that, these shows exist, and they exist for this purpose. So we're fine with that. 
That being said, if this is your first time listening to a Pocket Monster March Madness episode, we have five different criteria here that we're about to go through for each show, and we're going to rank it uh, a score from one to five. One being terrible, cat- five being perfect. Sean, what do you got? The caveat being that if this is the first episode that you're ever listening to, we apologize in advance for hating these shows. It's going to be the worst episode. Yeah. First and <laughs> worst. But that should make for some, uh, some fun uh, discussion, I think. Some banter. Yeah. Some, some nice weird banter. snappy banter. So basically, we're going to start with the theme song, because that's separate from, from the rest of the show itself. A theme song can you know, stand on its own, or it can be a complete train wreck. Um, and also just as a caveat too, so we watched the English language version of both of these series and we only watched the first episode. So yes, we understand that they will get better hopefully as the show goes on, but to keep things consistent among all the series, we only watched the first episode. So that's going to hamstring us a little bit, especially when we get to the the boss (laughs) of these episodes. Uh, but for the theme song, it should be fine. So, Sean, buddy, you're our theme song guru. Let's start with the theme song of Monster Rancher. What do you got? Well, you you mentioned Trainwreck, so woo-woo, all aboard. (laughs) There is so much that is going on in this theme song for Monster Rancher. There is a a weird kind of spoken rap. There is a portion where they're singing, followed by a portion where they're singing and there's rapping, and then it all rounds out with a robot voice at the end. (laughs) (laughs) It's ahead of its time. The cardinal sins of any theme song have all been checked off. Um, it, but I will say, in its defense, it actually does a decent job of explaining the idea of unlocking monsters, which is really the core concept and idea that's behind the show Monster Rancher and the video game. So if you were unfamiliar with the video game watching this for the first time, it does do a good job of giving you some, some insight into what's happening. But the main problem is that there's so many styles that occur within this that they all just sort of conflict with each other for this theme song, making it very challenging to watch and it's definitely not something that's going to become an earworm and get stuck in your head no definitely not so evan what was your take on this i know you had texted me earlier in the week just like i just want to talk about this theme song <laughs> it it, be- it it became an earworm and was stuck in my head that's oh, uh, no. oh no oh it totally got stuck in my head it's awful but it got stuck in my head for the rest of my life i'm going to be hearing uh this terrible horrible rap like okay when all is said and done, yes, it gives you a basic idea by spelling out everything that happens in the show through terrible. The guy who rapped this was white. There's no, there's no, there's 100%. no way. We know him. So that if we know him personally. <laughs> there's no way. Like, to be honest, okay, it tells you what's going on. It does have some cool, like, show some cool stuff going on. And I don't just want to give everything a one out of five as much as it deserves it for this show. But, uh, I'll go ahead. I'll give this a, um. A two, a two out of five. I was gonna think two point five, but I'm gonna round it down because I don't want anybody to listen to this and be. I feel like I had a curse put on my soul when I listen to this, no, and that my life is gonna be different from this point moving forward. Just from the theme song, I'd like to mention that Evan has been cursed. Just from, from the theme song and other various reasons, oh, but the the theme song. So this is a preliminary first and curse. Foremost, uh, and then, yeah, we'll, we'll go around a little bit and we'll discuss first because what'll happen is we'll, we'll do our scores at the end because when, um, like, if Sean and I have one score in mind and you make some really Oh, okay. Points, no, oh, cool. okay. Mm. But we've had in the past where we actually have a, a, a score where we come into it and then somebody makes a good point one direction or the other. Or if you're, you're Melanie Harker, you use spike points and then you can actually change your score <laughs> one way or the other. 
So if you want to spite, that sounds legit. Yeah, if you want to spite somebody, yeah. you can add or subtract from your own score. Oh, okay. It'll really royally screw them over. So, um, <laughs> so no, that's fine. Yeah, basically, I wrote uh, lazy white rap and weird harmonies, and that pretty much summed up this show for me. <laughs> but then, and here's the worst part, I extend the theme song to like all theme music for the show. So if there's a bad outro, I'll knock it down a point. This yeah. this show had that had a terrible outro. Yeah. If there are fucking infuriating interstitials between the show yep. and the commercials, mm-hmm. it'll knock it down another point. I literally just in bold <laughs> and caps across my my page. Are, oh no, there are rapping interstitials. Unlock your disc. Oh man. Yeah. So every everything that could have possibly gone wrong for you, Dave. Yeah occurred in the monster rancher theme song heard now that's a that's an important distinction before we go back around and get our, our scores here they they had good visual all right they they showed right. like like sean was saying they showed kind of the idea of you have to spin the disc i thought that was a cool gimmick we'll talk about yeah. that in battle mechanics but i thought that was a cool gimmick for the game but they actually showed a shitload of monsters and you got an idea like okay this world is populated with these monsters we have an idea of uh how they come into being and hopefully i get to see them at some point, definitely no. not in the first episode. So, <laughs> that in mind, we know Evan's got a two. Do you have any final thoughts from the theme song? Uh, fuck that theme song. Fuck that theme song. It's a curse, <laughs> and it's a two. Sean, what did you rank the theme song? I gave it a two as well. I also mm-hmm. gave it a two, so that's mm-hmm. that's three twos for us. So that's, yeah, that's we're, we're, yeah, we're, we're all pretty consistent. We're, yeah. we're all on the same board here. Yeah. Same, yeah, I like this. Same this cursed. Our souls were all stained. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're all terrible. All moving forward. And speaking of stains and terrible things, let's talk about the theme song for Magi Nation. Sean, buddy. You're up. Okay. So, we've said this for the past couple weeks. This was a college band alert. Mm-hmm. This seemed like a late 90s, early 2000s college band alert. I, I only wish, my, my only wish for this is that I wanted them uh, to come up with more words that rhymed with nation. Like what? Uh, they could have said, listen to this song as an abomination. Mm. This theme song encapsulates the plot. Of uh, an adumbration, which is uh, it part, which means that it partially outlines something, um, mm. which this theme song does, uh, and it sounds like this singer continually suffers from constipation. Uh. So they could just continually add words that rhyme with nation. The thing that really annoyed me about this entire theme song is that you you understand the concept that this is magi nation. There's magic, but a, a key component of this show is imagination and they never really mentioned that which was infuriating to me understood evan was this also a curse upon your soul to be honest i i kind of thought it was harmless okay I, I didn't it didn't stick with me to 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 be fair like even the next day i completely forgot about it Drat. And had, to, had to completely <laughs> had to completely rewatch it again before i came over Whoa. here just to kind of remember what it was and how many times they indeed did rhyme nation over and over and over, but it kind of gave you again somewhat in a similar vein as Monster Rancher. It gave you kind of some visuals into what's going on in the series, not really explaining what's happening. But can you explain what's happening in Magi Nation? Can anyone? We're gonna try. Are you able to watch more than five minutes before you pass out from lack of oxygen? I don't. I don't really know. I mean, you're gonna try. It's not really gonna work out for you, but. I mean, at the end of the day, it was harmless. And I didn't think it was that. I didn't think it was that terrible. And passing out after five minutes of imagination is actually for your benefit. Yeah, and it, it focuses your imagination. <laughs> yeah. just, so there, I'm gonna have Evan. Yeah, I'm gonna have Evan just take, take five seconds, just concentrate on his breathing. 
Uh, for me, yeah, it was a combination of what both of you said. Like, it was just bad early 2000s pop rock, lazy rhyming, some really boring riffs to kind of go through the whole thing. And then for the visuals, it was just a clip show. So we've, we've yeah. talked about this before, and, and Sean's brought this up a number of times. When we watch a theme song, we watch the intro to a show, it falls into pretty much three different categories, which Sean has kind of gone through for his, his uh, Saturday Morning Cartoons thesis. This one happens to fall into the clip show category, where they just show you a shitload of scenes from future episodes that you may or may not ever see before the show gets canceled. So it was just, it, it had no context. The visuals were okay because they at least gave me an idea of like, oh, these are the people I'm supposed to care about in some way or fashion. But honestly, kind of the same boat as, the, as Monster Rancher. And it was forgettable, which is nice because I don't have to worry about it at all. Dave, Dave, I want to I wanna posit the question. Yes. Or I want to... I want to ask you the question, what if the theme song was just from the five episodes that never actually aired on television? That would be great. So it's basically like you get a sneak peek at 12 canceled episodes that never aired. <laughs> I would add a point, but we have neither confirmed nor denied that. So Sean, what do you, uh, what do you rank this theme song? I gave this as a two as well. Two as well. Mm. Evan, buddy, what about you? Two out of five. We're on the same page again, guys. It's a two out of five for me as well. Why? Mm. Because one exists if it, if it meets the basic equivalent of being a theme song. So then it gets one point. If it does something a little bit extra, then yeah, I'll give it a two. That's kind yeah, of the way sure. I'm approaching sure. it anyway. So. Cool. All right. So we'll head back to Monster Rancher. The next thing we're going to talk about is uh, character design. Now, this includes the, you know, the human characters that we have and then especially the monster designs as well. So it's kind of an all-encompassing character design for everybody. So, Sean, what's your take on Monster Rancher? So, you know, we've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks about fingerless gloves. Oh, yeah. And this <laughs> was Sean a show. Sean and I exchanged that... pictures of our own fingerless gloves, by the way. <laughs> Why do you both own them? I don't know. For, bike, for biking. Mine was for um, something. For cycling. Yeah. So we've completely ditched the fingerless gloves in this instance. Right. And we've also gotten rid of shoes and we've replaced them with inline skates. <laughs> and I really thought that the human uh, visuals that we had in here were pretty standard. Okay that we had for Genki and for Holly. They were sort of that anime style that we've become very accustomed to in a lot of these shows. What I thought was the strength for this was that the variety of the different monsters that they have. I really enjoyed seeing some of these things that maybe I would have never uh, thought about before, such as uh, Shuezo, this giant kind of floating eyeball sperm, and, and Mochi, which is like a duck turtle. I, you know, I'm, I'm just so like, these like a duck were, armadillo thing. I don't know. Quite. Yeah, yeah duckadillo. duckadillo. And so the duckadillo was, was interesting. These things were different. And then we had, we had different dinosaurs and we had, we had rock golems. So there was a very wide variety of things that were included in this show. And that was fun to see. Cool. Evan, what's your take on the character design? I am going to disagree with everything that Sean oh, said. Set it on fire. I oh, bring it, Valentine. I, bring I, it. I hated everything about their designs. I thought that all that Genki and Holly were the most bland, fucking terrible designs that I've ever seen. The only the only thing that differentiated Genki from any other character is the fact that he had rollerblades. And that's really it. You could switch out any other anime character for Holly. I can think of like five other characters that look exactly like her with a different hair five. color. <laughs> and, and also, I want to talk about the fact that the monsters are literally the worst monsters I've ever seen. They're, they're the most generic piece of shit monsters ever. There's just a rock man, a shitty eyeball, 
a, uh, they couldn't even think of good, interesting dinosaurs for them to fight. It was just fucking black dinos. Racist, by the way. Also racist. I can, I can imagine Dave, Dave, he's going to give this a this? five out of five, but I'm, we're going to wait and hold off because he seems really passionate about this. Uh, I just thought it was generic. I thought the school kids were pretty generic, and I will actually allow Evan's passion to speak for myself <laughs> because I thought the monsters were lazy. The fact that you have, like, three different versions of the same stone golem in different places, at least with Pokemon, like, they inhabit a world or they have a specific purpose. Or even in, um, like, Imagination, which we'll get to in a second, they come from a, a place of imagination. These things are just, they, set, they felt lazy to me. Or they just looked, like, poorly designed. Like, Swayzo, the eye sperm, was like, uh, nobody, <laughs> nobody wants to hang out with that thing. You're a giant, like, pink-eyed pustule just waiting for disease. It just, there was nothing, nothing good about it. And my favorite... He's just a giant comma. He was he a was. giant comma that spit and blinked at you. It was like it's a, just not, a shitty Pac-Man reject. It's not good. And then the first, <laughs> the first monster that they get is this weird, like, tuck, duckadillo that, I don't even know, man. It just, it just didn't do it for me. I will say that Pixie still remains one of my favorites, but she did not show up in this episode, so she does not get counted. Oh. Sean, what's your score on uh, Monster Rancher character design? I gave character design a three. Wow. Average. You think average? I thought average. Black I felt dinosaurs? I felt pretty average about this. They're I'll like, always give eh, dinos at least an dinos, average. But let's make them black. I will always give dinosaurs an average rating. I love dinosaurs. All right. So three from Sean. Evan? Before I give my score, I'm just going to reiterate the fact that I saw a, a brief glimpse mm-hmm. of a rabbit who was like boxing with a bandana around his neck. Fuck whatever that thing is. One out of five. It was Yusagi Yojimbo. I don't know. How dare you? That's <laughs> <laughs> terrible. I, I think Did it's all one out of five. One out of five. Oh, I think it's all. Gen, I think it's all generic. Just they put it into a design machine and they cranked out this shit. Does anybody know how many like monsters there are in Monster uh, Hunter? Four. <laughs> there are four. <laughs> there are four total monsters. Hot lady, eyeball, rock guy, racist and, dinosaur, and Duckadillo. So five. And Duckadillo. Duckadillo. Just, there's just not that many. There really isn't. I, I gave this one a two out of five because I, I felt like it was, at least they had monsters, but um, pretty generic, pretty generic stuff all around. So that's a two for me. Two. Okay. So we all kind of averaged out there again. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if Evan uh, knocked it down one for spike points, but no, it just sounds like it was spike directed directly at this show. So nope. I think we're okay. <laughs> uh, let's jump over to Magi Nation. We're talking character design here again. So the kids and the critters. Sean, what do you have? It was very interesting design because the humans felt more real and not as anime-ish as we've seen in some of the other cartoons. And then suddenly when you're introduced to these these dream creatures, they sort of have a very, we're trying to be hip and cool cartoonish quality to them that I didn't quite understand. Like they were trying to summon like a Ninja Turtle that would kind of hang out, chill with them and eat pizza. just felt that they tried to make the dream monsters too hip and and too interesting and it, it just i don't know it just didn't click with me i didn't i did not really like this character design for the show at all yeah, is that all for uh, character design for you there yes okay cool uh, evan what was your take uh i'm gonna go in the opposite direction as sean again uh, i actually kind of liked the character design of uh the monsters and the people in general in terms of Magi Nation. I thought that like first off like I got like the whole elf Lord of the Ring inspiration for all of the characters that were there. 
Like, what was his... Tony Jones? He was just generic yeah, kid. you know, your, your protagonist, Tony Jones. Your protagonist, Tony Jones. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's ultimately... It, 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 he was harmless. But I, I liked at least, like, the characters themselves, including the uh, the villain and the, uh, the different, like... I, I really liked... I did like the monsters in terms of... Uh, like basically, it was like uh, dogs and cats that were slammed together with elements. They and were like straight up Pokemon. Like one of like the main one named uh, what is this Farouk or Farouk? Farouk. Farouk the wrestler. You go Farouk. He's an eighties wrestler. Uh, yeah, I, I liked his design in so much that he was like a bear who had antlers but was also powered by electricity. I thought that that was kind of a crazy mishmash of things. So to be honest, like I kind of liked the character design when all is said and done. I, uh, so for me, I actually liked the, the, human, like the, char- the human character design a little bit more <clears throat> because the first characters we're introduced to are not like, like random protagonist Tony Jones. Tony I almost Jones. called him Toby Jones. Tony right? Jones. Tony Jones. Uh, Good old TJ. Good old TJ. Uh, run your race. So... <laughs> I actually like the other characters from the this Moonlands, which is a separate world, which we'll talk about in the, when we get to the plot. But they were kind of interesting, if only because they had kind of like a different attire. So they had like these weird like leaf skirts. The men and the women both had these like weird leaf skirts. So it, it wasn't a great design, but it did clue me into the fact that we were like, we're not on Earth. We're in some weird place where they just make leaf skirts for some strange reason. And I think that was great, but it did at least make them look a little bit more unique. So does that make sense? I, I wasn't a fan I, of the design, but it was more unique than just generic average. Yeah. I, I want to bring up one final point before we, we score this. Please. The scenes where uh, TJ is with his, his this elder figure, yes. presumably his grandfather. <laughs> yes. Allegedly. Those, ce- those scenes are so poorly designed and animated. And you can tell because the grandfather and a majority of these characters that are in this show never blink. And I, I don't know That's what true. it is, but there, there are moments when you are watching a cartoon where you take blinks for granted, but when they're gone, it's noticeable, and it's creepy as fuck. I did not, I did not quite notice that as much, um, but I will go the other direction Ugh. on the, the creature designs, okay? So I'm, I'm a little bit more with Sean. They look, like, they look like a kid just had an idea. He's like, I really like puppy dogs and deer and polar bears. I'm going to make a creature that has all those things, and it looks like a five-year-old drew it. And they don't change when they like from from TJ's sketches to when he comes when the thing comes to life. It looks like his terrible shitty drawing. Yeah, Sean, what you got? To back you to back you up on that. If I I really like a rhinoceros horn and a bush. Yep. It's like, I made Ugger. Cool. Ugger. <laughs> the name of that character is the sound I made when he came on screen. Just went, Ugh, that's pretty uh, bad. What, what, there was like what do we have? Ugger, Freep. I think one was named Freep. I couldn't even understand. They just said like a, uh, they made a sound and we're like, that's yeah. this thing's name. Somebody sneezed into the microphone. Yeah, that's basically what that's it. There you uh, go. Yeah. So not great. Not, not thrilled. These are probably my least favorite creatures of all the shows we've talked about. Wow. So strong words. And yet my yeah. score does not really reflect that. Sean, what did you score this <laughs> one? I gave this a two. You gave that a two? Evan, what about you? Three. Three out of five. Evan gave it a three, but I'm, I might change my score. I had a three. I might come back to it. Um, I might go two for that one. But we'll come back to that in a little bit. So, Evan, you had a, you had a two or you had a three? I had a three for that okay. one. 
Remind me that I said I might change that too. Sean, are you telling me that you didn't like the design of the coach who came out and reinforced the idea that everyone has to stretch so that blood reaches their muscle, oxygen reaches the blood which reaches their muscles? I love that that man was just screaming into like empty space. No one was listening to him. Evan, the science portion of this show (laughs) was the weirdest thing I think I may have ever watched because, and I quote, Increased blood flow means more oxygen to those muscle groups. Do you want to do you want to hear my explanation as to why I think that is? I think that this show was presented as an educational cartoon, uh-huh. and so that was their way of trying to like sneak it under so under the, the radar. The rubber stamp from the so they can get the society. E slash I ah, in there. Yeah. So get more trying to get that. Trying to get that that funding. That stamp. Ugh. National Education <laughs> Foundation. Ugh. Ugger. 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 All right, so I'm on the fence about that one. It's a two or a three for me. But let's jump back to Monster Rancher. And now we're getting into battle mechanics. So, again, this is going to address how the fights between the the different human characters with their creatures is supposed to take place, the mechanics of how that works, and then also the monster transitions when they come onto screen in whatever fashion they they come out in. So, John, battle mechanics for Monster Rancher. What do you got? Battle mechanics for this are very confusing to me because on one hand, you start the whole show out at a tournament that would be sort of akin to the live-action movie The Wizard where there Mm -hmm. is a a video game battle finale at the end of it. And instead of being what the game Monster Rancher actually is in real life, they're playing more of like a Mortal Kombat-style Battle Rancher game. The point of, of Battle Rancher is, is very clear. They, they say it in the theme song. It's reinforced you know, multiple times in, in the show is collect discs, unlock monsters. It's that simple. Yeah. And you know, they have these huge shrines that are dedicated to them, and it's, it's pretty fun. Uh, and the pageantry that's behind them of just them kind of like waving their hands aimlessly over top of the controls <laughs> and activating everything is, is, is interesting in and of itself. But you never really get a sense of, are they, they fighting other monsters? You just get the sense that they're finding discs and collecting and unlocking these monsters, and that's, that's really it. Yeah. Evan, what was your take on this? Uh, well, first off, in, in looking at the fights and everything, the battle mechanics are non-fucking-existent. Right. They, don't, they don't exist. They don't happen. If you look at a show like Pokemon where they're ordering their monsters to do stuff like, you know, Tail Slash or like, you know, fire breath or something. They just, in Monster Rancher, they just sort of all haphazardly smash into each other and don't really do anything. Like, the way Genki wins in his tournament is by pulling out the fact that his version of Suezo can spit and eat the rock man. Like, it's all bullshit. Fuck this piece of crap. But, uh, so, it's essentially, like, I do like the... I do like the idea of uh, the disc, like the idea that it unlocks them and everything, and that maybe it's based on, again, imagination, and that you put it in and it uh, something pops out, something new pops out. But uh, at the end of the day, it's just like they needed to put a little more thought into how these fights all happen. Yeah, I think I'm on the same page with both of you guys. I, I, I appreciate the fact that we started with a battle, even if it was a spoiler alert, even if it was a dream sequence. And then we didn't really get to like a structured battle throughout the rest of the show, but we did have some like minor skirmishes and stuff. So you never really got a chance to see if there's any kind of like mechanics to the actual tournament itself. But then Evan, like you mentioned, I like the mechanic of them spinning the discs. I always thought that was cool for the game. I thought that was kind of just like a neat idea that you could just grab a CD out of your collection or off the shelf or whatever, or get like special ones and then literally just open your game console, pop the game out, put another game in, spin the disc. 
and then you generate a monster. It was kind of a gimmick, but I thought it was cool. I thought that it was cool that they added it to this show and tried to like hamstring it in there uh, when they go to this other this other <laughs> world. Which monster do you think pops out if you put Ace of Base into your CD player? Ooh, probably Pixie. I'm gonna, Pixie. To, I'm gonna try that later. <laughs> Anything to get Pixie. <laughs> Anything to get Pixie. <laughs> I'm hoping it's for just the Pixies. Just put a Pixie CD. <laughs> it's the Pixie. Oh, oh good. good lord. But I mean, it wasn't great. Um, but they had a battle and they had some basic mechanics there. So my score, I think, reflects that. Speaking of score, Sean, what did you have for this one? I felt that the concept of collecting these discs and unlocking these monsters was unique enough, but not unique enough to get me to want to play the game, right. so I gave it a three. You gave it a three. Average score. Yeah. Evan, what was your score for uh, Battle Mechanics from Monster Rancher? I would have, again, I, I gave it a higher score than I would have due to the fact uh, of the CD unlocking and everything, but ultimately the, the Battle Mechanics of the monsters fighting each other was next to non-existent, so yeah. I'll give it a two out of five. Okay, so Evan gives that a two. I give it a two as well for pretty much the same reasons. The The mechanic of spinning the disc was cool. They showed a battle. That's worth two points. They didn't do anything more. They didn't go above and beyond. So for me, it's just a two. Uh, let's talk about Magi Nation now. So we've got the, the battle mechanics here, which again includes sort of like monster transitions, summonings, things like that as well. So, Sean, what was your take on this one? Again, these ones kind of started pretty interesting. Yeah. We have the, the whole transformation uh, effect that we have with the with this animite right. and then the the swirling colors that we have that are around uh, the summoner's arm it, it hits the ground it makes a huge impact it, it creates this dream creature uh, you really don't know if the point of this show is to collect more animite or just in order to unlock creatures or if your current animite just unlocks creatures or if you upgrade your current creatures to create better creatures it, it you know you get to see a couple battles but the the order of operations is really not detailed or, or communicated very well it did not follow robert's rules of order um no not at all this battle it's order for it's funny because as I'm explaining this to myself, I'm like, oh, I gave that a higher score than I think I this is. This is how I feel about the <laughs> I, I convinced myself. <laughs> All right, Evan, what was your take on the mechanics of uh, Magi Nation? To be honest, I was kind of a fan. Okay. I mean, really, like, um, the, the idea of the ring or the stone transforming or releasing these animals in kind of... Kind of a similar vein as like Pokeballs and everything, mm -hmm. but like they just they kind of are the an animites or they aren't. It was it was kind of an interesting idea in the fact that like it seemed very trippy and it seemed very uh it kind of seemed interesting in the fact that everything was kind of transforming from these original uh gems and rings that they had and the way that they would instantly snap back into place once they were done was uh was fun to see to be honest I, I was kind of a fan of the idea of it and i don't necessarily know how much in terms of them actually like fighting each other right. was necessarily that great but i was a big fan of the idea cool yeah i'm, I'm kind of with you guys on this one they i like the fact that we start this thing out with like a pretty epic battle between what will eventually be revealed as one of the bigger bads in the series if not the big bad um and some of his minions and some of the hero characters as well. But there's, they've got some pretty epic monsters. Again, I didn't like the designs, but I like the fact that they're at least showing these epic monsters coming out in the beginning of this thing. You don't get a handle on how the battles are supposed to work because it's not like a structured tournament style, like, say, a Yu-Gi-Oh! 
or a Pokemon tournament. They're just straight up battles. So they're almost just like knockdown, drag out battles. Whoever walks out of here alive is the winner. Um, but I do like the mechanics of like, you have to summon this thing through the crystal, the, the stone that you have. And I think they, they tease in the beginning, they've got this kind of, we'll talk about this in the plot, but they've got this thing that's covered in all these different stones. And I'm wondering if it, if it has a bunch of these creatures, it just has multiplied the power that allows you to summon larger or more creatures. This also introduces the concept of the dreamland or the dream world. So the, the creatures are summoned from this plane, they battle until they're tired, and then they are sent back to prevent them from being killed. So they're sent back to this, this place as well. There was enough going on here that I, I kind of liked the mechanics, even if it didn't, there was no explanation of any kind of collection um, or any rigid rules, but I liked the introduction of the, the imagination of this. So for me, it was, it was a little better than uh, Monster Rancher. Not great, but better. John, what'd you end up scoring this one? I gave this a two. You gave it a two. And I think you made that pretty clear that you weren't super happy with how they handled it. That's, that's fair. Evan, what about you? I gave it a four. Wow, four. I, I, thought, it was, I thought it wasn't oh bad. Oh my I, gosh. <laughs> Listen, it was way better than that Shows disc so shit. <laughs> Let's just get that out of the way. It was way better than that. Oh, no, I, I like the, yeah, I like the ingenuity of it. I liked all their shitty rings. No, I'm kidding. No, it's just. <laughs> It was, it was actually it wasn't you have bad. Have to be brave and gems. courageous to handle that ring. Brave and courageous. Only the courageous can handle. They're the... like crappy planeteers. Yeah, hey, planeteers are great. You can just slap that ring out of their hand, and it defeats all the purpose that they have. <laughs> yeah, just interrupt their their quotes. Uh, so for for that reason, <laughs> I give it a three out of five because they at least introduced some imagination. They had some unique kind of style to it. They just didn't show me enough. So for me, it was a three out of five for battle mechanics. Now, we've been teasing this before. We're actually going to get to the plot here a little bit. We're not going to dig into it too much. We're just kind of give an overview. And we'll talk about this a little bit longer than the other ones, uh, just to kind of give you an idea of what really happened here. Um, but, Sean, what was, your, what was your take on the plot going back to Monster Rancher now? What the fuck is going on? Fair on enough. <laughs> 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 um, if, you're, if you're unfamiliar with the, the concept of Monster Rancher, it is very different from the Pokemon style game where you're not battling monsters. You're actually just kind of raising sort of Tamagotchi style yeah. creatures and, and you're, you're raising them up from, from young monsters. And that's, that's really it. That's really kind of all there is to, to monster, ran- monster ranchers. It's, that's really all there is to monster ranchers. And so just having the name monster rancher I, with this plot, like are, are they what are they ranching don't try, to, they ranching? don't try to explain it <laughs> no. your head will explode no, <laughs> there's a distinct they're more corralling things in monsters <laughs> in certain places and then capturing them from the discs but there's no ranching going on it, it i don't know it was very what, frustrating so let me ask you this what about as far as the like kind of the action beats and the adventure and the the meat cutes and the you know the transition from genki's world into this this other world of the monsters what was your take on that? On more of kind of just like high fantasy adventure of this episode? I think the fantasy adventure portion of this is pretty decent. I think it's, I think it's average. Uh, and I, I enjoyed it as such. You know, I, I love the idea and the enthusiasm. We've seen this in Captain N, right. the game master. That's exactly what I think. And I love the idea, and I continue to love the idea, because this is what I wanted as a kid, was I wanted to get sucked into a video game and then be living in that world and have fun with it. It just it seemed like Genki's journey was less the excitement 
of being captain and the game master in more of just the trivial minutia of having to raise and care for a monster that we've all said that we are not big fans of. Yeah, agreed. So I think we'll, I think, I think that's a valid, uh, maybe not concern with this, but just a valid point on this, that it was just kind of like this fantasy adventure thing, but they just didn't really capitalize it. But I'm speaking out of turn, Evan, what was your take on the plot here? Let me paint you all a picture. Oh, here we go. Get okay, ready. so Bob Ross in the house. Here, here we have a shitty kid that nobody loves. Yeah. His parents are shoving sweet cakes into his mouth, so he'll shut the fuck up and get away. He sleeps in uh, class. He yeah. sleeps in garbage and filth. <laughs> also garbage. He's waiting for his his monster <laughs> CD. By the way, could I ask? <laughs> did Did you all find it really weird? That I thought that whole thing was a dream because he has 18 fucking dreams in the first five minutes. I thought him winning the CD was a dream. He's got narcolepsy, so it's hard to tell. But you would you would think so. I mean, and then he gets pulled into the world. It's generic. He might it's, be in a coma. He, he, I hope he is. Well, I hope he isn't blighting <laughs> anyone else's life with, oh my his, God. with his bullshit. If you're going to um, wish a coma on someone, let it be a 10-year-old cartoon character. He gets, he gets pulled into some world. It's like, surprisingly, Monster Rancher and Imagination have pretty much the same, uh, have the same plots, but he gets pulled into a world that's not his own to Here's, fight. Here's a tip: most of these cartoons that we watched the exact, the exact same. same plot. I don't think Ash Ketchum got pulled into no, a world true, of. Uh, it was a metaphorical. Metaphorical yes. world. He ten became year old an adult living on his own. But I mean, ultimately, it's it's just bland. <laughs> it's generic. I didn't like. I didn't feel good or bad about it. It was there. The, sh- the terrible designs of all the monsters and everything certainly didn't do the plot any favors. I would be interested to see at the end. I mean, I'm never going to fucking watch this ever again. But I would be interested (laughs) to see how this all ends and if Genki learns anything. Doubtful. It seems doubtful, but, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. Yeah, I'll take points from both of you guys. So, to Evan's point, I thought that it felt a little generic. But then to Sean's point, like, yeah, my notes basically say, like, who doesn't want to get swept up, taken to a magical world full of fighting monsters that you can kind of control? That's cool. That's fun. That's the whole premise of the show. Um, so for that reason, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of into this, even though I've seen this exact story before, right? You know, a ton of different times, a ton of different ways. But then Evan, like you said, there was nothing really about this show or the plot or the fact that the character is pretty unlikable. Um, you don't really want to spend time with him. He's kind of an asshole. Uh, so for me, it was just kind of, it didn't hit all the right beats, but it was enough that it was just like, okay, this is a show. This exists. It's fine. <laughs> So I think my score reflects that. <laughs> it should go seventy. It should go seventy-two more episodes. Yeah, I should go for the whole the whole shebang. Whole shebang. Oh I'm gonna I'm gonna go seventy-one and then just stop. 30, yep. And just not watch the final <laughs> episode. Sean, what did you rank this one? I gave this a two. Gave it a two mainly because you brought up a great point that you know who doesn't want this idea? Well, you said but it that, just yeah. didn't. It just did not feel unique to me. Fair enough. Yeah, I think we're all kind of in agreement on that. So Evan, how did you score this? one? Also a two. Also I a thought two. it was. I thought it was just bland and generic. It was okay. kind of like pumped down in a factory. Fair enough. Or something after Monster Pokemon had become popular. Yes. And they wanted, uh, mm-hmm. Sony wanted their own thing. Sony made this? Was yeah, because it was for the PlayStation. Oh, okay, so yeah. Probably... So Sony wanted their own thing and just shit it out. Yeah, or at least distributed. No, I did see. I remember when these, these the copycats kind of first came out. This was one of the earlier ones. And it did feel very much just like cashing in on the Pokemon thing. Mm-hmm. Just with that different gimmick of spinning the, the disc. Yeah, I actually gave this one a three because I, I, I liked the 
childish nature of it, even though that's also what I hated about it, if that makes sense. Um, because it was just kind of like a free-spirited adventure. This kid, he, he just Captain ends his way into this other world, and he's just like, awesome, <laughs> this is what I've always wanted. And that would be my reaction if I was pulled into, like, fucking Dinotopia or never-ending story or pretty much any of these fantasy places. So don't you dare compare this to never-ending story <laughs> or especially Dinotopia. I don't know. Never-ending story also had rock people. Oh, God. I swear, I'll start <laughs> punching the walls if we compare the shitty monsters in Monster Rancher to the rock biter in Never-Ending Story. So just to be clear, listeners, and also to protect my livelihood, uh, I am not comparing them to Never-Ending Story because I would like to continue hosting this show. No, I wouldn't compare it to but that. But like, hypothetically, Dave, if you did. Nope. <laughs> Never-Ending Story. Was there ever a cartoon for that? No. Oh, I don't think so. That's probably a good idea. Crap, there might actually be. I don't know. There might be. We'll have to look into that. But for me, I gave it a, I gave it a three. So three for the plot. And I'm going to stick right. by that. Because we're talking about never ending story. Moving on to Magi Nation. Let's go to the let's go to the plot there. Sean, what do you have for this guy? Kinda had a field of dreams motto that it, it went by for me. Okay. Sort of like we see this with TJ's early sketch drawing that he's showing to creepy non-blinking grandpa. Yes. And it had the if you if you dream it, or I guess in this case if you doodle it, uh, then they will come and live and be monsters. And so you know, it, it just, it, we've hit on the, the chord of imagination plenty of times right. in our discussion about imagination. And I, that was interesting. And I, I, I liked that. It, it's just, it's pretty clear uh, that we're looking for the final dreamer and, or dreamers Ooh. as there might be in, in this plot. Spoiler so, alert. They make that very, very clear. And they, they hint at a lot of really interesting plot points for the future. But the, my problem was, was that all of those interesting things that could happen in the future kind of muddied the waters for me a little bit. So a lot is thrown at you very quickly. The, the dream plane, the core glyphs, dream stones, yeah. darkness, void magic, book of elders. At this point, like, I'm not sure what is what. It felt overly complicated at points. Um, but they, I, I love the idea that they made it very clear that, like, look, looking for the final dreamer, going to summon the final dreamer. Oh, no, there could be final dreamers. Question mark? Plural. <clears throat> so that was interesting. That, that was, I felt fun. Okay, cool. Evan, what was your take? Um, I would say that, uh, like, all the crazy batshit stuff that they threw in there, like the Book of Elders and the final dreamer and stuff, kind of elevated, elevated it above monster rancher in general because they both share as we mentioned they both share very similar ideas of a fish out of water of this kid showing up at least tony jones tony jones, tony jones TJ. at least tony jones was bland bland and like he did he wasn't offensive right, in the exactly. way that genki was so uh, i mean to be fair like magi nation it took a lot of the similar story beats that monster rancher did but considering that all the crazy crap that they threw in there was more interesting, I would, I would put it on a level above Monster Rancher. I think we're on the same page again, because for this one, I, I like that they had unique elements to the story. It's something actually different from what we've seen before in the previous Pocket Monster shows, right? So normally we get a protagonist that's on this somewhat selfish quest to just like go out, 
imprison all these different creatures, keep them to himself, train them, and then make him battle for his his own. Looking at you, Ash Ketchum. <laughs> Ash Ketchum, you're the worst. <laughs> um, but then, but basically, this one opens up with like a much bigger scope, right? So the other shows they start with this very focused uh, goal for the character. And then they expand to like some greater threat, some greater evil that the protagonist has to rise up and use his new friends slash slaves to defeat. Mm-hmm. In this case, it actually opens up with that. So it opens up with a big threat, people trying to fight against it, and then each side using their own allied creatures to act out that sort of a proxy battle. So you've, you've got this bigger picture, and then it zooms back in and focuses on this little guy who's never, you know, Tony Jones, like you said, he's not offensive, he's not really super heroic, he's just a kid that he just wants to run a race and he likes doodling animals. That's it. So I, I kind of like the... Doodling th- as in drawing. Yeah, when Sean was talking about if you doodle it, they will come. That was making me a little... <laughs> no, no, if you diddle it. Everybody's, if you diddle it, everybody's you pointing in a very serious direction here. This <laughs> is very disturbing. <laughs> but I mean, I like that they flipped that a little bit, that it was the, this bigger picture and then the kid is thrown into that and he's maybe the final dreamer, which takes me to my next point. I like the fact that... Um, I don't remember her name. What was it called? Eden. Oh, right. Eden is the other the other um, character in this who has... I like her story. She very much wants to be the final dreamer. She very much wants to read this book of elders that her um, her advisor, her senior member, I think it is her grandfather, Orwin, has basically said, like, you, right. can read, yeah. you can read any book in this library except that one. So, of course, she wants to read that book. And she thinks she's the final dreamer because she thinks that a woman can be a final dreamer as well. So I like that they actually brought that. I know Sean, Sean's laughing that off. <laughs> How ridiculous. <laughs> How ridiculous. Even Orwin is basically just like, yeah, all right, honey, whatever. <laughs> no, no, that, 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 that's why I'm laughing yeah. is because this, like, this show seems pie. very sexist toward, <laughs> towards this young woman who's just like, I would like to gain this knowledge. I feel that yeah. this responsibility has been bestowed upon me. And he's like, <laughs> young girl, get out of I here. I would go like, count your breaths. I would like to learn. Like, learn about making me a sandwich. Yeah. And they like, oh, like I just want to read a book. She's like, no, you can't do that. Nah, that's and then so even ridiculous. when she, she runs away at some point in the episode because she's kind of rebelling, she's basically fought off with the assistance of Orwin. She's fought off this big bad, which we'll talk about in a second, more or less by herself. And then she's run off to try to find the final dreamer because she's had sort of an, uh, right. a vision as well, right? So she's tapped into this book that's only supposed to be accessible by the final dreamer. So she thinks maybe she has a shot at it. And then she goes off. And then Orwin, of course, sends this, this guy named Strag, this kind of like super macho, but like too cool to hang out with everybody. So he just lives in a fucking tree by himself. He sends her at, or him after her. And it's kind of just this, this weird balance um, that eventually you'll see all these three kids united together in a strange world which I need to talk about in a second because I don't really understand this world. Maybe you guys can help me out. Yeah, I don't really get it either. But there was enough interesting stuff there that I was like, okay, this is different. It's a unique take. It's, it's much more modern than the other stuff that we've watched. Even if it's just like a, a standard quest, they've introduced some interesting elements. So I actually like this one quite a bit. This is probably my favorite part of the entire watching experience. But I've rambled on far too long. Sean, what was your score for the uh, plot of Imagination? You know, I think for some of these unique takes and some of these these hints at something bigger and yet the focus that's on sort of this this core group of three people who are going to become the the heroes and heroines of this show was interesting enough for me to give it a three a three fair enough evan what about you uh, i'll also go ahead and say a three uh for all the points that uh sean had mentioned in terms of yes it was very generic in in its 
roots, but ultimately with all the crazy crap that they threw in there, it kind of elevated it above the level of a uh, monster answer for sure. So that's a three for you. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I didn't sway either one of you for any extra points with my postmodern feminism arguments for uh, Magi Nation. <laughs> you want, you want me to take points away? Yeah, I'll take okay. spite. Take some fucking points away. Some spite points. Some chauvinist spite points out there. Where's Mel? <laughs> I need Mel back. Mel and Angie, where are you? I give it a four. I was actually really impressed with uh, the way they handled the plot. I felt like it was, felt like it was, uh, I don't know, a little more modern, a little more contemporary than some of the other stuff we've watched before. So I gave it a four. Interesting. For now, I might actually balance this this four out later with a, <laughs> a detraction from the character design point. But now, this is my favorite part of the show that we're getting to now because it's always interesting. It's always different, and I never know what's going to happen. Of course, we're talking about the big boss. Uh, because we watched the first episode, the big boss is usually kind of lukewarm, and we never know who's going to pick what for the big boss. Sometimes it's a flock of Spiros. Sometimes it's a really kick-ass duelist. Uh, we don't know. Could be anything. So, Sean, let us know what you thought was the big boss of Monster Rancher, and then uh, give us your reaction. My initial thought yeah. was from the theme song that we were going to get a glimpse at the evil Moo. Yeah. Moo. Moo. I hope this guy is just like a big cow please. <laughs> Let's get something straight, writers, that if you name a villain after the sound that a cow makes, I'm not going to be frightened or intimidated in any way, shape, or form. It, it, it sounds terrible. That's not a name that instills fear in the hearts of anybody. That's ridiculous. That's, it was disappointing. You know, from the visual and the idea and the look of Moo, is sort of being this shadow creature with horns and he's got red glowing eyes. Fantastic. That looks wonderful. But your name misses the target and doesn't even really make an appearance in this episode. So you Mm. end up having, really, the boss of this episode is Black Dino and all of his Black Dino soldiers. And let's be clear, I love dinosaurs. (laughs) So I (laughs) I was a super... I was a super fan of, of looking at these guys, so they, they seemed very fun. And I will say that they were undeterred when there were moments when obstacles were thrown in their way. They, when Genki jumped across that uh, ravine, they were like, we're going to go all the way around. I can respect that in a villain. <laughs> Evan, what's your take on the, uh, the boss of Monster oh. Ranger? Now, now, keep in mind, you can differ from Sean. I can, yeah. yeah um, Sean made great points. I mean, ultimately, it's like, with Moo, that's the most ridiculous name of all time. And, and to be honest, I think that they picked Moo because it rhymed with something in the theme song. And that's all. The, <laughs> and that's all the thing. And that's the, uh, what, what the hell rhymes with this. Uh, just Moo. Whatever. We're not even going to introduce an actual Fair point. main guy at the end. Like the, uh, the way that they. His, his modus operandi of just wanting to take over the world by changing goody monsters into baddies. Was you know it's it's humdrum it's run of the mill and the fact that they didn't even show him like the idea of a of a big shadow with eyes it's been done to death and the black dinos just dinosaurs man they were like they didn't do they didn't do anything I mean like they failed at their job they the only difference. The only thing that differentiated them from like Velociraptors was the fact that they wore little helmets, and some of them wore necklaces. And they talked. <laughs> and they and also they talked. But we don't have scientific evidence or facts in front of us to say that one way or another dinosaurs couldn't talk sure. in that era. Um, 
But ultimately, it's just like, yeah, it was disappointing all the way around. I thought that the black dinos weren't able to really do their job of being threatening or... But just to be clear then, so you... So Sean says black dinos are the big boss in this one. You say black dinos are the big boss in I would, this episode. I would actually say that Mu is the over... Much like the episode? Much like the Emperor in Star Wars, okay. his shadow looms right. large like over like the uh, proceedings. I disagree with it, but I like so that So I will go with Mu. Fair enough. Uh, I had three different bosses that could have been in this one. The first one was, I'm just going to call him Big, because that was the captain of the other team oh. in, in Genki's dream. Uh, yeah. It was real, though. Well, no, I don't think it was. He what? got the CD. What was that? I thought he just bought it. Like, I thought his parents bought it for him. I would imagine it had to be a magic CD. So you think he was just dreaming back to that time where he actually won that tournament? That's what I assumed. That's what my thought was, Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. So Big was an actual guy with the word Big on his shirt. How else would you know it was him? Yeah. Oh, Big. Big. Uh, It's Biggie. Who... So that's like the only actual... You know, Biggie and his black dinosaurs, right? (laughs) Biggie and his black dinosaurs. It was my favorite (laughs) album. Um, Before he died, rest in peace. So... Big actually could have been the most legitimate boss in this fight because it's the only one he actually went up in a Monster Rancher battle against. A duel. Right. Uh, that's not who I went with. I actually went with Black Dinos as well. <laughs> um, they're, they're pretty useless as far as the bosses go because they just kind of like chase the guys around and they even had them like penned in a number of times, but they failed each time. And, you know, Genki and, and Holly and, and I, Jizz and stuff managed You to, mean Swayzo? Swayzo, sorry. They managed to all run away. So, I mean, they're, they're terrible. They got beaten. They got outsmarted. But they were tenacious. They were tenacious black dino. Uh, so that is who I went with for the boss on this one. I could have gone with Big. Mm-hmm. Sean, what did you score this one? You know, I, Evan reminded me of a, a great point about using the, the terms goodies, goodies and baddies yeah, and, and just how dumbed down and simplistic it, it makes that sound. I know that these shows are for children, but it's... It, feels dumbed down on a level that we have not yet dealt with. So I ended up giving this, because I love dinosaurs, I ended up giving this an average score of three. Oh, an average. Just because dinosaurs, I'd like to point out. My, I want a shirt that just says, because dinos. And that's... Because black dinos. Black dinos. (laughs) Evan, what'd you score this one? Uh, one out of five. Wow. I thought it was, one. I thought, wow. I thought, one for Moo. I thought Moo was stupid. I hate his name. I don't, the whole idea of a big evil thing that makes, turns goodies into baddies. <laughs> I thought it was just, I thought it was weak. I thought it was lame. I didn't, like, if you had given us any hints as to who or what Moo was, it, that would have, that would have maybe swayed me a little bit, but. Ultimately, like it was, it was just dumb. I hated Moo. I didn't like him. Evan, Evan, I also want to mention to you that um, the word Moo did in no way, shape, or form rhyme with anything <laughs> so they didn't even get in that the right. theme song. Oh, <laughs> you guys God. screwed that up too. Maybe they got it wrong and they thought something was going to rhyme with Moo. I feel that your one is justified. Th- thank you. <laughs> I actually, I would have had a one if I decided by the end of the episode that big. The big guy was the boss because he was pretty useless. <laughs> uh, but I, I gave this one a two. Give one a two because dino, right. because black dino, black dino. If it would have been a white dino, probably just a one. But because I'm feeling <laughs> social pressure, it's gonna be a two. It's gonna be a two. <laughs> Guys, we're all the same. We're all extinct when it comes to dinos. I don't see colors of dinos. Anyway, let's move over to Magination and talk about the boss here. Ev- er, uh, Sean, I'm curious to think what you thought was the boss of Magination. 
So I went with Agram. Fair enough. Who's Agram again? Just to remind folks out there. Agram looks like, if you're familiar with the popular video game Chrono Trigger, he looks like the villain then turned hero, Magus. It's fair. (laughs) Fair for his powers and his appearance, I think. Yes. So Agram, I loved the fact that he, you know, he... He's evil. He's trying to destroy everything. They have to use the, the Book of Elders. They have to use the, the strongest weapons that they have that are possible. My only problem with him was that when they used them, he didn't seem to try to avoid any of the, the beams of, of energy or the white light that shot in him in any way, shape, or form. But I will say, in his defense, he summoned what looked like a saber-tooth whale. Yeah, which, that's right. That's, that's pretty sweet. That's pretty badass. It didn't really do it. Super useless. (laughs) Dude comes back as a ghost. He comes back as an apparition later. That, to me, is threatening. Is that if I can kill you with a white light, and then you come back as a ghost later on, that's hate. That's dedication (laughs) to just pure hate. Like, fuck you. I'm going to come get you in death. Like... (laughs) I admire that dedication. It's good to oh, come get you in death. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool, Sean. Thanks. So, Evan, what do you what do you think about the boss for imagination? Do you line up with what Sean was saying? So, uh, to give everyone a little backstory, Morbius the Living Vampire was introduced <laughs> in Amazing Spider-Man number ninety-eight, created by Stan <laughs> Lee and uh, drawn by John Romita Sr. Uh, everybody's looking at me weird. Oh, right, no, this guy is just, like, looks like Morbius, the living vampire. Yeah. Uh, same guy. Yeah, same guy. I, I thought that the big bad was essentially, oh, what is his name again? It's, um, a- Agram? Agram. Uh, Ag- yeah, I thought Agram was, a- Agram was a pretty good villain, all things considered. I thought that the idea of him being in the, a, uh, a, a, an incorporeal, right. like, like, ghost that kind of manipulates the strings from a nether world was something that was kind of interesting in the idea of having to stop him from returning. I mean, it's been done before, but again, it's, it's kind of a nice hook in the sense that this is something that you really don't want to happen. Right. And by the way, if we could talk for a second about his uh, henchmen, the two goblins, there is a scene where one of the goblins pins down the girl that is the most uncomfortable yeah. fucking thing. I just remember like squirming in my chair because he's just, and it's because <laughs> of the terrible animation that it lingers yes. for so long. That's bad. But it's the way that he's just like moving slowly towards her as he's holding her arms down. <laughs> Truly a terrifying villain for the ages. You can say rapey. We it is kind of, it was a little bit rapey, but to be fair, I got some laughs from the ideas. Like those two, not from that part, but I got some laughs from the ideas of those two, like that, that those two goblins uh, picking left or right yes. to choose who was going to be the leader. It's, and it's definitely like, the bumbling idiot trope that we've seen. It's like, oh, I'll go ahead. It's like, I'm going to follow you if you could tell me which way is left. And that guy had a 50-50 chance and he picked the wrong, wrong one. And, uh, but ultimately, I, I was a fan of the villains. I thought they were. I thought they were great. They were probably the most entertaining part of the show for me. All of them kind of offered their own unique thing. But at the end of the day, I would say Morbius is the top. Uh, yeah, Morbius slept off the pages of the comic and Just, right into Magination. Yeah. I don't know how the Marvel Cinematic Universe is going to be affected Just when the Magination enters into Captain America: when it, Civil War. <laughs> when it merges. <laughs> <laughs> right oh, right no. into Infinity War. 
Well, those are actually the Infinity Stones that they use. That would make a slightly more sense. Oh, no, it wow. really wouldn't. Would but, uh, <laughs> but no, I like, so going back to my point that this show actually starts with like a broader mythology, a bigger threat. This is the big threat. So you see him right at the outset, and he is subdued somewhat easily, but, but <clears throat> thanks to this big MacGuffin, this, like, this glyph, um, this collection of glyphs, that it's like the most power that these guys have, and they're able to just... You couldn't defeat this guy. You can only imprison him in like the core of this planet. Mm-hmm. And it worked for 3,000 years. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So they've got this guy locked up for 3,000 years. And then, like Sean mentioned... He basically projects his spirit, and his spirit has enough power that he can kind of wreak havoc too, and still can talk with his shadow magi um, from his prison, which he's about to break out of, I'm assuming, at some point very soon. Mm-hmm. So while if, if he would have actually been out in the world and doing his bad guy stuff, I probably would have ranked it higher. I do like the fact that even though he's not 100% back yet, he's still like right there as the main villain of the series. They're not bullshitting around with like this, this minor stuff and then they'll work up to something later. He's there. They just got to, eventually their paths are going to cross. I like that. Sean, what did you end up scoring? I ended up giving this, and I, I don't want you to be upset with I'm it. never upset I with gave this, I gave this a four. Okay, no, that's fair. I disagree, but I, I think it's fair. I'll <laughs> say that, I, I will say that I thought, I thought Agram was a very interesting villain. Yeah. There were, thought Agram was a very interesting villain. There were a lot of facets to him. That hate that can't be killed mm-hmm. and just continues to come back. And he's still angry about stuff. <laughs> and it, I, I love that. So that's, that's why I gave him a four. God loves enduring hate. It'll get you a four. Evan, what do you say? Mm-hmm. I'm also going to give it a four. Wow. I think that uh, Agram was a, was a fantastic villain. In a way, he's almost the polar opposite of Moo in the fact that his shadow looms large over the show, but you also get to see him on a regular basis, as well as he's just a mustache-twirling, charismatic, you know, villain <laughs> overall. A living vampire. I, I, Morbius the living vampire, you know, with suckers on his hand and all that <laughs> bullshit. But, and also, I mean, I enjoyed the... I enjoyed the goblins minus the rape. Uh, I thought that ultimately uh, all the <laughs> even even that monster that they all summoned. Like we didn't talk about the monster that the goblins summoned, who was actually pretty bitching. Yeah, what was that got, thing? It looked like he a, like, didn't even get a name, but he was just like a like a minotaur on steroids. Wasn't it? And it also looked like lava was spewing out of yeah, it. Like there were cracks cool in it and everything. I thought that that was really all of them were like really well designed and yeah. entertaining. I'd say that the villains were the most entertaining part of Mad Nation. What was your score for this one again? Was it a four? Uh, four out of five. Four out of five. For me, it's going to be a three, only because he's he's basically just there as a threat. He's not really doing anything yet. He's kind of acting through his minions, which are okay on their own. But I mean, if I kind of had to pick one big bad or the other, then uh, I, I go with Agram, but he's got a three. So he's got a three. So that's going to do it for our criteria. So now it's time we can uh, tally everything up. So it's looking like, uh, Sean, what do you have? For uh, Monster Ranchers. I have a 13. Have a 13. And Evan, what do you have there? Uh, I have an, a good old 8. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I could have given it lower. God, I hate that <laughs> fucking show. That's the lowest score we have on the show so is far. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'll, I'll it wear is. it like a badge of honor. <laughs> I was got an 8. That beats my score of both uh, Bakugan Battle Brawlers and Yokai Watch by one point, which I gave each of them a 9. Uh, for Monster Rancher, I'm giving it an 11. My total here is an 11. That's, that's pretty low. Right. That's, uh, that's good for an adjusted average of uh, 42%, which is well below 
well below our previous low. So this is the new uh, Monster Rancher. Congratulations, the new good, low. Awesome. And it's also like almost half Send of, it what to hell. The, of what the IMDb score is. <laughs> so we we did not line up well with this one at all, but I think we're accurate. So I think that that's fine. Uh, let's talk Magi Nation. Sean, what did you have for that one? I gave this a 13 as well. Wow, you put them on the same on the same plane. That's interesting. So 13 from you know, Yeah, there were definite parts and strengths that each one had, and so they ended up just kind of balancing themselves out score-wise. Interesting. Uh, Evan, what, what score did you have for Magi Nation? Surprisingly, I gave this a 16. <laughs> it seems like it just snuck up on I you. Just, it <laughs> just, <laughs> apparently I did. Uh, I thought that, I mean, ultimately, it's definitely twice as good as Monster Ranch. I can give you that much. Okay, that's good. Uh, so, good I mean, that's good enough. Yeah. No, but to be honest, like, at the end of the day, like, when you really look about it, like, I, I watch that show, I'm like, what is this bullshit? But uh, at the end of the day, like, the villains are good. The batshit crazy ideas. I mean, I don't give it two shits about Tony Jones, but I also thought that the designs <laughs> for the monsters and, like, the environment and everything actually weren't bad. I mean, the animation is pure shit, and, like, the dubbing doesn't really work, but it has a lot of goofy, crazy ideas to kind of elevate it to a different level than Monster Rancher. That's for damn sure. Fair enough. I think we're actually all kind of similar on, on Magination. I give it a 15, um, which brings it to an average adjusted score of 58, which sounds bad. But it's actually, it looks like the fourth, I want to say it's the fourth best that we've watched so far. So that's out of eight. It's actually like oh, wow. middle ground. So it's actually fourth best. And mm. it actually lines up pretty well with the adjusted IMDb score of 72, or sorry, of 66. So it's not too far off. Granted, it would have failed if this was a high school class and it wouldn't have got a D. But the fact that we're actually pretty close on this one makes me feel better. Now, Evan, No Magi Nation left behind. No Magi Nation left behind. That's the next legislation from President Trump. Um, Evan did mention a point that the environment, I want to touch on this quick before we wrap the show up. Evan mentioned that the environment of Magi Nation was, was compelling, it was well animated, and it was interesting. I have a question for you guys, maybe you can help me with this one. At the end of Magi Nation, this first episode, the three of them are all on the back of Ugger, and they are, are riding off to safety. And the camera kind of pans back and reveals that they are basically... They're super tiny, and they're oh, basically in, like, a field of grass. The, interesting. The it's a twist. Battle, it's a twist. It's Inception. The entire battle has been taking place <laughs> basically under blades of grass because all the humanoid characters are so small that a blade of grass is, like, ten times their height. And it reveals that there's just, like, this massive field of grass that's out in front of them. So you think that this takes place on a planet or a moon that is so massive that we normal humans are shrunk down to like that size? Or do you think there's some sort of weird magical thing going on that maybe this takes place on a place that we know just on a smaller scale? Let me do a couple of bong rips and I'll get right back to you. No, to be honest, I actually didn't even comprehend the idea that maybe, like now that I think about it, maybe they're still on Earth. And maybe humans That's what are I was thinking. still... It could just yeah, be yeah. a scale thing that they don't even know that there's like this bigger scale. Which, at one point, if that's true, Agarum, you basically just step on him and he's dead. So that's kind of like, well, all right, I guess. But I don't know. The fact that he was transported there, I don't know if it was a weird, like, fern gully thing or if he's actually on another planet, but he's the same size. It's just this planet is massive. I don't know. But I thought that was a cool little add-on at the end yeah. to make me, like, interested, at least, in, in watching more. I probably won't, hmm. but I'm more interested than I am with Monster Ranch. Sean, did you pick up on that at all? Or I, I did. I really thought that they were on a different planet altogether. Yeah, that makes sense, because they say that right I, at the I, beginning, I just... right? Yeah, I, I just did not, I, I didn't think or want to believe that they were on Earth on a smaller scale. Right. 
given the the size of the battles and the the magic that exists on that plane it just it felt like it was something completely separate and different from the world that we know okay fair enough that's just my my parting two cents for magi no it's a great it's a great point that we missed So if you guys are fans out there and you know, you know, drop us a message on our message board. Let us know. And thank you so much for your messages and likes and everything on Facebook. You guys have been super vocal. Yeah. It's been awesome. It's been fun talking to you guys and finding out, you know, either you just remembered that this show was the thing you were trying to think of forever or you just are really passionate about, you know, Beyblade for some reason, but I mean, to each their own. You guys love Beyblade. We've had some great. Some dark Beyblade emails. We had Pokemon versus Beyblade and it's like split. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It doesn't make sense That's to me, weird. but I love it. People have had really great comments, and you guys have been doing a fantastic job with recommendations, which is wonderful because Dave and I add these to a list, and we will watch these shows. <laughs> Come hell or high water, we will watch these shows as we do. <laughs> but that's going to do it for this round of Pocket Monster March Madness. Uh, now it is time for plugs and contact information. So we'd like to, again, thank Evan for uh, answering our summons. Damn you people for bringing me in to... <laughs> to watch these horrible things he's getting tired he's got to go home to the dream plane soon. i gotta go home to the dream plane but before he does evan is there anything that you've got coming up in the next couple weeks you'd like to let people know about uh sure uh, along with dave i'm a contributor at collider.com i am doing a butt ton of uh it's recaps true. currently uh i'll be re- reviewing uh daredevil season two i've seen the first uh well by this time everybody will be able to see them but uh uh, I'll be reviewing that on Mondays and Thursdays. I'll be reviewing Legends of Tomorrow on Thursdays and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on Tuesdays, along with various other articles and editorials, such as top five Superman stories, top five Batman stories, and things of that ilk. Uh, you can also see, uh, read my weekly column at comicbook.com, Fan Fridays, as well as any other nice. random editorials that I do over there. Uh, comic Book is great. Check them out. And um, also feel free to download my stand-up comedy album on Amazon and iTunes called Evan Valentine. That's what you get for being different. I will not mention <laughs> Monster Rancher at all during that album unless I decide to edit it back in. That's a bonus. Monster Rancher edition? I hope you do. I hope you do. If you get Evan's comedy album and spin it backwards while playing, it'll the just... The Monster Rancher theme it's starts It's so playing. weird how that works. <laughs> uh, so, I, I, I want to hope... And say that I I want to believe that your second comedy album that's going to cool. come out is just going to be called Evan Valentine Monster Monster Rancher? Rancher question mark question mark oh and and also follow me on Twitter I'm at EV Comedy excellent John buddy what do you have coming up over the next couple of weeks uh, I'm going to be doing uh, a bunch of shows for Washington Improv Theaters Fighting Improv Smackdown Tournament commonly called Fist so I will be performing a bunch in the DC area. You can come and check me uh, out. I'm always performing with Nox. That's N-O-X exclamation point. You can find out more and purchase tickets at witdc.org. And you, as always, you can follow me on the Instagrams and the Twitters at Sean Paul Ellis. Awesome. And then as for me, if you're interested in finding my work over at Collider.com, you can do so. I will be recapping shows like The Flash, which should be back this week as you're listening to this episode. As well as The Walking Dead, which is just about to wrap up in a couple of weeks here. So we're getting to the end of a pretty thrilling sixth season. Um, And like Evan mentioned, I also do news and uh, reviews, all kinds of stuff over at Collider.com. But you can also find me at Nerdist. I'm a science freelance writer for the Nerdist. I've got a decent amount of um, content up there now, so feel free to come over and check that out. 
If you're interested in finding out more about my personal fiction stories, you can go to davetrumbor.com and check out some short stories there. And if you'd like, you can follow me on Twitter at DrClawMD. If you'd like to find out more about Saturday Morning Cartoons, you can do so at our website, SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. Remember, that's morning with a U. You can also follow us on Twitter at MorningTunes. Check out Sean's handiwork on our Tumblr page, SaturdayMorningCartoons.tumblr.com. We have a Facebook page, which you guys have been fantastic with, and a YouTube account, which you have been listening to, and there's over 200 subscribers out there, so thank you guys all very much. Yes, thank you. And you can listen to us each and every week through iTunes and Stitcher. If you'd like to drop us a line, let us know how we're doing, or suggest an upcoming show, you can do so at SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. We've got one more episode of Pocket Monster March Madness left to wrap up this month. Sean, why don't you let the folks know what we're going to be watching next week, and who our special guest will be. He's going to be summoned by Spinning oh a Stone. It's going oh, to be okay. great. It's going to be great. <laughs> uh, well, next week we are going to be discussing Digimon versus Zatch Bell with Tony Lazzaroni. I can't wait. It's going to be so great. I've been, I've been pestering Sean about the Digimon theme and screaming my favorite Digimon evolutions. Did, did, did. Digimon. 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 So I, I do want to mention that when Dave and I did live together yes. for a brief couple months, there, there was a moment where when Dave would be doing something that he would just yell random Digimon. Yeah, it was fun times. It was a great time. Digivolve to Kabuterimon! That was it. That's the one. <laughs> you can keep your Greymon. Kabuterimon is the best. I'll defend that till my dying day. Oh, I can't wait till next week. I think I'm going to be disappointed because it's going to be all the Digimon babies and they're not going to like Digivolve to anything cool like Angie Woman yeah. for a while. Angie Woman. Angie oh, Wumon. God. It's, it's real bad. It's going to be real bad. Oh. And then Zatch Bell, which is a complete wild card. I have no clue how that's going to go. Yeah. Just to give you a heads up for the Digimon, everybody's just going to be digivolved into the lowest possible form which are just small heads yeah it's just differently colored heads just like a bunch of weird eggs rolling around so bad well be sure to come back and enjoy the fun with us next time on saturday morning cartoons thank you guys for listening